Good morning. It is great to be here with y'all, share some time together. I'd like to start today with two readings. The first is from a book entitled Wild Mind by Natalie Goldberg. It's a book that she wrote giving advice to writers, but some of the things I think are valuable for anyone. It's from her chapter entitled Wild Mind. I am on a backpacking trip in Frijoles Canyon, part of Bandelier National Monument in New Mexico. We followed a trail along a stream that cut through pink and orange cliffs. In the morning, we saw deer, mule deer, I'm almost certain that's what they were. First one, and a little later two. When they saw us, they didn't run so much as hop away. Now I am leaning against a boulder. The stone cools my back. Reader, even though you are not here with me, I want you to look up at the sky. Do you see it? It is a big sky. If you've never been this far west, then imagine standing beneath the sky in Ohio, a two-lane highway, the day gray, you can see the horizon all around. So either in New Mexico or Ohio, we are under a big sky. That big sky is wild mind. I'm going to climb up to that sky straight over our heads and put one dot on it with a magic marker. See that dot? That dot is what Zen calls monkey mind, or what Western psychology calls part of the conscious mind. We give all of our attention to that one dot. So when it says we can't write, that we're no good, our failures, fools, we listen to it. This goes on endlessly. This is monkey mind. This is how we drift. We listen and get tossed away. We put all of our attention onto that one dot. Meanwhile, wild mind surrounds us. Western psychology calls wild mind the unconscious. But I think the unconscious is a limiting term. If it is true that we are all interdependent and interconnected, then wild mind includes mountains, rivers, Cadillacs, humidity, plains, emeralds, poverty, old streets in London, snow and moon. A river and a tree are not unconscious. They are part of wild mind. I do not consider even a dream unconscious. A dream is a being that travels from wild mind into the dot monkey mind, conscious self, to wake us up. So our job is not to diddle around our whole lives in the dot, but to take one big step out of it and sink into the big sky. Let everything run through us and grab as much as we can. Let yourself live in something that is already rightfully yours, your own wild mind. 
Can you do this? Lose control and let wild mind take over? It's the best way to write, to live, too. Then my second reading is from a book entitled The Mystery Experience by Tim Freaky. This is the mystery experience. It's happening now. Something wonderfully mysterious is going on. We're conscious of being alive, but we don't know what life is. How astonishing. We inhabit a vast universe, but we don't know what the universe is. How amazing. We experience this moment, but we don't know what this moment is. How intriguing. If I examine this moment, I see that I'm experiencing a tapestry of shapes and colors that I call the world. But what is the world? I'm experiencing thoughts and feelings arising in my mind, but where do they come from? I feel certain that I exist, but I don't know why I exist. How bewildering. Life is so utterly mysterious it takes my breath away. Yet normally most of us go about our business as if being alive was nothing remarkable. We pretend we know what is going on when really we don't. We act as if we understand what it is to be a human being when actually it is an enormous enigma of mind-boggling proportions. I'm wanting this time we have together today to be an invitation for us, myself as well, to let that big sky mind find us. When it does find us, we really don't have very many words. We feel full, but we're not full of words or concepts. When we touch that experience, when we have a taste of it, we sometimes call that experience wonder or awe. There are other names. It really doesn't matter what name we choose. But we recognize it. Perhaps we recognize it as an experience of warmth or presence, perhaps a sense of coming home. So there are two sides to our experience, to our being. And I like the way Natalie Goldberg shows us that there might be a huge difference in scale between them. Big sky mind, vast and open, and a little dot mind, our conscious mind, our mind of thoughts and concepts. And of course, what we know best, what we are most familiar with, what is front and center for us, most of our lives, our daily experience, is that dot mind, the monkey mind, our thoughts and our concepts and our stories. In this dot mind, we find instructions for how to use Outlook Express, recipes for beans and rice, our memories and our personal history. Here's where we would get that doctorate in thinkology from our story earlier. Here's where we find all that fills our calendars and all the stories we tell about ourselves and to ourselves and about each other. 
There are some problems with this part of our experience, this part of our mind, this part of our mind that thinks in concepts. For one thing, it thinks that it is the only show in town, that anything that's really happening is happening in this realm of thoughts and concepts. It sees things in terms of limitations and separations and divisions. A lot of our suffering, a lot of our anger and our fear are generated in this dot mind by the stories that we tell ourselves. And particularly relevant to what we're talking about today, this part of our mind, this dot, is seriously lacking in wonder and awe. It's kind of hard to feel awestruck, wonder, when we're working on a grocery list. So what about this other dimension, this big sky mind? What is it about our experience of wonder? It's not something that we can figure out or hold on to with words. The dot mind would like to be able to capture it, to hold it, to understand it, to dissect it. It cannot do that. But this big sky mind is something that we can remember. Because it is a deep and fundamental part of us, we can even let it find us. However distracted or discouraged that we become, however lost we seem to get in all of the objectives and agendas of that small mind, Big Sky can find us. Wonder can find us. It can awaken us, and it can enliven us. So our question might be, how can we let ourselves open in order to be found by wonder? There's a few pathways that we can talk about, and one of them that's surprising is our science. Something that often seems to be stuck in limitation and divisions and dissection. Some of the stories that it's telling, some of the things it's discovering, are opening doorways into a perception of the universe that can only leave us with wonder. Something that's far beyond our habitual thinking about how big the universe and what's going on. Our small mind tells us that we've been sitting here for 30 minutes. No, actually, it's not an eternity. But during that 30 minutes, you have not been sitting still. You've traveled about 34,000 miles. You're on this wonderful spaceship, Earth, that's going 67,000 miles an hour. Kansas is not even in Kansas anymore. And science is giving us a picture of what it means to be in this universe, a new story that stops our small thinking and really does leave us with wonder. The story, 13 billion years ago, something that we can't even comprehend exploded into being. It exploded into a hundred billion stars in our galaxy alone, and there's over a hundred billion galaxies out there. And even more awesome yet, 
This is not a story of the past, something that happened long ago. That explosion of star stuff is happening right now. You are looking at it. Look at your hand. Look at what's around you. You are seeing the ongoing explosion of the universe into being. Even your thoughts and your feelings are star stuff, universe stuff, in the process of becoming. It's a big, big mystery. From this new perspective, way outside of our dot, you are the way the universe has found to look at itself. It took 13 billion years to find a way to look back at itself through your eyes. That's awesome. It has found a way to be conscious. And our best scientists are beginning to touch this awesome mystery. A quotation from Albert Einstein. The human mind is not capable of grasping the universe. We are like a little child entering a huge library. The walls are covered to the ceilings with books in many different languages. The child knows that someone must have written these books. It does not know who or how. It does not understand the languages in which they are written. But the child notes a definite plan in the arrangement of the books, a mysterious order, which it does not comprehend but only dimly suspects. And he says again, the intuitive mind is a sacred gift and the rational mind is a faithful servant. We have created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. And Stephen Hawking, one of our great scientists, says in a brief history of time that a theory of everything would necessarily be a set of equations and we would still be left with the great question, what is it that breathes fire into the equation and makes a universe for them to describe? These new perspectives that science is giving us are only one doorway into mystery and wonder. You might touch it through the experience of beauty I remember as a child seeing the Grand Canyon, the Rocky Mountains, words stopped for me except for one. Wow! What else could we really say? I saw a bumper sticker that expressed this once. It said, lose your mind and come to your senses. You can also touch this great mystery of wonder through love. When you truly love, where are the words? Suddenly, you are all big sky mind, and who or what you love is big sky mind as well. You can touch wonder through laughter and play. Dance wildly. Feel that wonderful sense of freedom. You can touch wonder through silence. 
Between the words, between the thoughts we think, underneath them, surrounding them, is that big sky mind, everything that we don't know. This list, of course, is not exhaustive. I think there's as many ways to touch this sense of wonder as there are people. Hopefully for a moment we can remember our own personal ways, the times we have touched that sense, the ways that we most easily find our way back to that big sky experience of what is far beyond our thinking. So we can remember this sense of wonder and recognize it, but a question might arise from our thinking mind, this dot mind. Well, what's the point? Big sky mind and wonder doesn't really do anything. It, you can't pay taxes with it. You can't fix flat tires. You can't surf on the internet with it. The point is that what we deeply want in our living is not in concepts and ideas. It's in that living sense of wonder. What deeply heals us is not in ideas and concepts. It's in that direct experience of life and wonder. It's not in what we know, but that vast space of what we don't know. Because that's where we really live. That's who we really are. And it's vitally important to periodically touch the wonder of don't know mind. So, as we leave today to travel on our separate journeys, let us remember to let big sky mind, a sense of wonder, a sense of wow, find us. I'll end with a poem that I think is familiar to many of us by E.E. E. Cummings. I thank you, God, for this most amazing day, for the leaping greenly spirits of trees and a blue true dream of sky, and for everything which is natural, which is infinite, which is yes. Thank you very, very much.